2: It is kind of a rinse and repeat Monday. Like yeah. the only difference is Jimmy Haslam didn't fire the guy. Well, y- he didn't fire yeah. that guy. <clears throat> yeah, he fired somebody. Also, you still think there's a chance? Oh, I don't know. I, I, what I will agree to you. Just as we start the show here, and Joe Woods has been fired, uh, we're gonna hear from Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry during this show at three thirty. So we're gonna have plenty to react to on today's show. But I I don't know about you. I was watching that game yesterday, and usually at the end of the season, I'm just man. I hate it. I I'm gonna miss the Browns. I mean, all this stuff. Anybody else just feel relieved yesterday? Um, r- relieved why? Just that that it was done. That this season specifically was done.
5: I mean, I'm happy it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy that we can now sort of go into this off season and figure out what the hell we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm happy that we now have our six game sample size with Deshaun Watson. And we've got something to talk about there. We've got, yeah, we've got some answers. Um, I, I don't know that uh, going into this off season, like the expectations are going to be really high for next year. Like I I'll say this. I mean, it's, it's over. I'm glad it's over. Uh, thank God it's over. We don't have to deal with any of these awful performances anymore, but this is not going to be a fun next eight
2: months. Oh, I see. I so i I agree with you that we should we should maintain frustration until Kevin Stefanski proves he can coach, and no, 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 until he proves he can lead, and Andrew Barry proves that he can GM. I agree with you that we should. I guarantee you, if they hire Brian Flores in three weeks. A lot of people who today are restless and angry and frustrated are gonna be right back on that bandwagon. I, I just think it's the reality of of being a Browns fan. I think you find yours I think you find ways to trick yourselves into continuing your interest and love of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I just think that's the so I I think a lot of us are pissed off today. Some of us are completely um numb to what has happened this season. But like in a way, I thought yesterday, I thought the way yesterday went down was about as good as things could have actually gone for the Browns organization. Because it was like a it was like a, a time capsule. Yeah, yesterday's loss to Pittsburgh perfectly encapsulates the sixteen games before it. Defense couldn't stop the run, then defense couldn't stop anything else. Right. Then the offensive line couldn't stop Pittsburgh's defense. You didn't run Nick Chubb enough. And Deshaun Watson looked pretty god-awful in the second half. Like, that really was. If there was ever a game where you could say, ah, those four quarters summed up the first 16 games, that was it yesterday.
5: Yeah, it's just amazing. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I don't think are a, a better overall talented roster than the Cleveland Browns, they just kicked
2: your ass. I mean they that's that was an ass I don't even know that ass whooping I mean def- it was did, like properly it, it, and by the way I mean
5: the Browns lose 28-14 mm-hmm. and they left 7 on the board because Tomlin decided not to challenge that first touchdown which was definitely a touchdown I mean it should have been 35-14 could have been
2: worse actually mm-hmm. and yet the whole time like even when Deshaun played really, what was he 9 for 12 he started 9 for 12 over 100 yards and a touchdown yeah in my head I was like I don't like the way I felt like the defense was a little too bend, not breaky and over four quarters, you're going to break. And it felt like it felt like Pittsburgh showcased their identity yesterday. And as I was watching the Browns, I I was like, oh, this is just uh, 22 guys running around on the field. Okay.
5: yeah, the the Pittsburgh identity is running the football. I mean, no one wanted to have anything to do with Najee Harris. Nor would I, by the way. <laughs> Dude, I mean that is guy. Look, unit. he looks like a unit. I mean, my he threw Miles Garrett to the ground.
2: So I, I, we we're talking about this in the the pre-show. There's a, I think it was Alex right, Alex. If it wasn't you, I'm sorry. Where it, it, but it was one of the bigger defensive linemen. Um, he already Najee had already been met by another Brown. He was dragging one Browns defensive lineman or yeah. one defender, and this other one just thought he was just gonna like come over top and just use his weight to collapse Najee Harris and he didn't. And you could tell like as the guy was getting up he was like, "What the hell? Why why that didn't work?" Like cuz Najee just continued to run and it took about five Browns players to bring him down. Yeah.
5: I mean, it, it whether it was him, whether it was um, you know, you name the running back that no one's ever heard of that they just give the football to and they run for 8 yards like mm-hmm. they could run for for days in that game. And then listen, I know Kenny Pickett, people want to be a hater and say, you know, the Browns stink, the Browns' defense stinks, this, that, and the other. And maybe Kenny Pickett's not the future in Pittsburgh. I I have no idea. The guy's mm-hmm. a rookie. He made three throws to win that game on third down that were as good as any quarterback in football.
2: I feel like that's going to be the long-term thing with Pickett and Pittsburgh. It's equal parts. But isn't,
5: wasn't that always kind of Big Ben, too? Like, he would have bad games but like in certain moments when you
2: had to have that crucial he would third make down, the big throw. he'd make the big throw. Yeah. And I just watching it, All right, I I just said this with with Andy and Jeff as they were walking out. I feel like there's no hot take, A negative hot take. Not a pot. If you came out and said the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl, you're drunk off your ass or sniffing glue, and we would all like some. But there's no negative hot take that you could throw out there that would be too hot for this town right now. And I'm gonna I'm gonna test that theory. I don't, How so? I don't think the Browns coaches were trying to win yesterday. I don't think they were. One, they only got. Well, they
5: ran the ball 12 times with Nick Chubb.
2: Well, and that's where and it he starts. And he averaged
5: like 6.7 yards of carry.
2: That's where it starts. And it just felt like, uh, from the offensive we side use, of the. Should things, we use the word? An experiment? Oh, that was the morning show's yeah. word on the six games with the Sean. That's what yesterday was. But yeah, yeah. Yesterday was a science experiment. They were yeah. just
5: trying things. They were not trying to. I don't. I don't think they were trying to win that game. Yeah.
2: And and weirdly, Kareem Hunt because comes back in. Because if they wanted in. to win that game,
5: they easily could have.
2: Yeah. But then but then Kareem's back in, and I don't know. It just felt like a team that was like, all right, well, you know, we still have four quarters to play, so we might as well try some things. And there was another team that was like, no, no, uh, we'd like to win this one because we got the playoffs on the line. That's what that felt like yesterday.
5: I mean, everything was weird about yesterday. Like, even in Joku's touchdown, it was like he caught it and he, like, just casually pushed the ball across (laughs) the goal line. (laughs) Yeah. And even Gumbel was like, doesn't even know it's a touchdown. It was just a weird day.
2: Is it unprofessional of me to say how much I disliked that broadcasting crew? It was a rough
5: broadcast, yeah. Like,
2: I just... And 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 by the
5: way... And I don't even know if it was all the announcers because sometimes, you know, the actual production behind the scenes can screw up a
2: broadcast mm-hmm. and it just was not great. I will say that the broadcasting crew and their um I don't know that you care about this game mentality upset me almost as much as the Browns getting the crap kicked out of them. But it just it was and then today uh what was 6:25 is that's when I saw the tweet and it had happened within like a 2 minute time period they fired Joe Woods. And in my head and cuz then there was the the Cammy Justice tweet Um, who tweeted out that uh, the Browns aren't expecting at this point to make any more changes. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, this is Baker 2.0. This
5: is a scapegoat. So the scapegoat is now Joe Woods. Yep. They're going to hire a new defensive coordinator. Yep. Um, And oh, by the way, that new defensive coordinator who they hire could could end up replacing Kevin Stefanski.
2: Well, but just to the idea of the scapegoat thing. Does anybody cause this goes back to when you when I when I've called Baker or when anybody on the station has called Baker a scapegoat? Oh, you think he was great? No, 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 no. Nobody's saying that Baker nor Joe Woods was great. It's not what anybody's saying, Dusty. Yeah. What we're saying is he's the guy that everybody's pointing to and saying it's all his fault. Listen, Joe Woods needed to be fired. That can be true. Joe Woods was a part of the problem and part of the accountability issues and part of the leadership issues that can, uh, the actual on the field decision issues that can be true. And you know, what else can be true? He wasn't the only one. He's not the only one. And for this organization, no, and, I, and
5: it's not fair just to blame Joe Woods because Joe Woods, you know, has, and frankly, if you go back and look at some of the, um, analytics, quote unquote, or stats, from the last, you know, seven, eight games I and mean, the defense has gotten better, mm-hmm. um, but he is an easy scapegoat yep. and they are going to use him and Stefanski is going to use him as a scapegoat
2: to to basically buy himself another year. Do we have our thank you, Joe Woods tweet yet? I haven't checked Instagram or Twitter. Do we have our because that's what you got to do, right? Is when you fire a guy, um, I uh, who did? Oh, Houston. They fired Lovey Smith into the sun after one year and he dared win that game to lose them the number one pick and they hit him with the thank you Lovey" tweet on the way out. I do want to know, do we have our thank you, well, Joe we, Woods? I don't
4: know if we have the thank
5: you tweet, but I we do it. have the thank you comments. Like oh. We have the release from Kevin Stefanski in, in the name oh, okay.
2: Joe Woods. What a great guy. I just, well, yeah, listen, he's a great guy. We wish his family the best. Um, as, we, you know, as we ship him out of town. As we just fire his ass into the sun because it was clearly all his fault. And that's what, so that to me... I, I would love. And I heard I heard everybody on this station at some point has had some sort of passionate frustrated moment about the Cleveland Browns. And I just don't know that I can I don't know I can do that today. I don't know that I can spend the next 5 hours telling you how moronic this organization can be because by them looking at Joe Woods and saying, "That's the guy, it's all his fault. We fired him and now we're better." Just doing that tells me they're not serious about winning. Mike Tomlin has habitually, literally, the guy won a Super Bowl with Bruce Arians on his staff and forced his ass out of town. Like, Mike Tomlin has consistently churned over that staff. He's been the only consistent. He ran Keith Butler out of town after Keith had been... uh, Retired him, sorry. After He ran Dick LeBeau out of town. I was going to say, Dick LeBeau was there for a hot minute, right? Like, it's just... But again, can I be mad if... If they don't care enough to address every issue in the organization, can I lose my mind on a Black Monday again? When all they've done is fire one guy and point to him and go, "Ah, "That's him. It's him. That was the fault." Now we're now we're better. We're moving on now. And uh, you know, and we totally wanted to win those last six games of the season. We wanted to make the playoffs. I don't. I just don't know. I don't know. I can believe this organization. Who who would you rather
5: be right now? Would you rather be Pittsburgh or Cleveland today?
2: I mean, I'd still I couldn't live in Pittsburgh. No, no, no. Take away the city and
5: oh, the yeah. awful drivers and all that stuff. Yeah,
2: I think it's I think it's
5: okay today. I, I
2: mean, as a
5: franchise, I'm saying would I'd rather be P- Pittsburgh in a heartbeat. I think it's okay to
2: say just for just for today, just between us, gals. I'm a little jealous of that organization over there. Gosh darn right. It's it sucks the, that organization. They just fr- how do they do it? To Albert Breer, our guy, MMQB, just tweeting out, the Browns are scheduling to uh, an interview with ex-Lions coach Jim Schwartz for their defensive coordinator opening, per sources. Uh, Cleveland, and this is uh, obviously on top of the reports that the Browns have already requested interviews for Steelers senior assistant Brian Flores and Patriots linebacker coach uh, Gerard Mayo. You heard an MK's update. Sean Desai and... I mean, I think once, like, I really like the Gerard Mayo thing. Uh, Albert brought that up to us like three or yeah. four weeks ago. I, You know, not no experience as a defensive coordinator, but has basically been the de facto <clears throat> defensive coordinator, just hasn't called plays. Uh, I, I could not, I don't think Brian Flores is coming here. I would not hate that at all. Uh, those would be my two guys. Jim Schwartz is okay. I mean, I think you could do worse than Jim
5: Schwartz. I'm always about a D.C. that definitely has had head coaching experience. He's been a really good D.C. in this league. He's a great defensive mind. Um, I'm just worried a little bit that a couple things here. Okay. And and again, we're going to hear from Stefanski in about one hour. And the one thing that I want to hear from Kevin Stefanski is, is he the one making this decision? Mm Mm-hmm. Because if it's if if we get one of those and we probably will, oh, this is a collaborative effort. We're doing the, like no no no. Is this Kevin Stefanski's decision to make who his next defensive coordinator is? Because I don't I don't want another Todd Haley Hugh Jackson situation.
2: Yeah, I think that's really important. And I you know what I I would settle for just Paul D. Podesta isn't making the decision. <laughs> I would just settle for me and A B are going to make. I'd also this settle for decision. what does Paul D. Podesta do? Yeah, oh, we got we got some sound on that today. Um, but again, the big reaction, Joe Woods got fired. And, and the question we've asked you guys is, do you see Joe Woods as a scapegoat? And I listen, two things can be true. He can deserve, to, the Browns needed to upgrade over Baker a year ago. I can buy into that. But it was painted as they need an adult in the room. It was painted as if Baker was, was solely at fault was the chief problem last year. I think Joe Woods gets fired because... I think Joe Woods gets fired because the defense was bad. I think the defense was bad because Joe Woods isn't a great defensive coordinator and because Andrew Barry massively undervalued the importance of bringing in good defensive tackles. I think it's as simple as that. So how can we... How can we, how can you say Joe Woods is the fault if... Andrew Berry's roster the building guy, led to it. Well, but I think the point is, good organizations have to be beyond that. And by the way, sometimes bad organizations, like <clears> if <throat> if the Ravens are one and done in the playoffs this year, guys, yeah. Greg Roman's getting fired. It's reached. He is their Joe Woods. So good organizations succumb come to this as well. But then they stick the landing on firing or on hiring the right guy beyond that. Right. And I think that's the problem here. Is I I mean. I, hypothetically, I like Sean Desai. He is an Ivy League guy. He had a really bad defense the one year that he was defensive coordinator in Chicago. I I like Gerard Mayo. There's some risk there, though, as a guy who's never called plays. I like Jim Schwartz. He also hasn't been in the NFL for almost three seasons. So, like, every guy, so the only guy that doesn't have a butt next to his name is Brian Flores, and I don't think Brian Flores is coming here. So it, it's just this – it's kind of this uh, cyclical thing, Dusty, where it's like, well, I totally get that you had to fire Joe Woods. Okay, but that's the only move. Okay, but who are you going to hire him? Okay, but who makes the hire? Okay, can they make a good hire? Like it just – it continues to kind of getting into this this rotating wheel. And by the way, Jim Schwartz got run out of Philadelphia because Howie Roseman and the analytical crew did not like him. So I kind of and, – and Andrew Barry was there the year – uh, that um, that Jim Schwartz was the defensive coordinator, and Howie was planting stories to get him fired in the Philly in the Philly paper. He was literally to try and to try and get the public support so he could fire <laughs> Jim Schwartz out from under Doug Peterson. So like, and so how is this guy entering the equation when Andrew Berry was Howie uh, Howie Roseman's uh, right hand man? Great question.
5: I, I listen. I I don't know. Um, I think that this whole thing is going to be fascinating. I want to hear the press conference today. Um, I do think that Joe Woods was the scapegoat. He had to go. We knew that. I mean, I'm not like saying that this was the wrong decision to make. It was the right one. They had to do it. They made it about seven, eight weeks too late, Mm -hmm. but they did it, and now here we go.
2: Can I tell you what actually pisses me off about that? What's that? I think Joe Woods was probably fired eight weeks ago, and I think the only reason he was kept on – is because Kevin Stefanski, Paul D. Podesta, and Andrew Barry are very smart. And they knew if you fire Joe Woods... And, and things
5: don't drastically get better? Yes. Then their asses are on the line.
2: Yes. You can only you only get so many scapegoats in the NFL. It's like quarterbacks. No, you only no, get a good so many point, Nick. I
5: think you're absolutely dead on to something here because I, I think that they are smart. And you also, in this business, in this world, you realize how many opportunities you have to kind of salvage your job. And... They they held on to this guy until the very last moment.
2: Well, and what frustrates me is it it harkens back to what you and you and I said. I don't know their number one emphasis yesterday was winning that game, and I think if you listen to the morning show, they made a pretty good point that they don't know winning down the stretch. You, you think the, they
5: were happy with uh, letting them run the football like uh, bleep through a tin horn?
2: I don't know that they were happy, but I think that they I think they had some things they wanted to accomplish. And if they won while doing those things, goody. And if they didn't win, well, but we still got the things we wanted out of this game because we're not going to the playoffs. And that just, that that absolutely does chap my ass. That absolutely is. If you, want, if you really want to know the difference between uh, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Stefanski or the Steelers and the Browns, is that organization would never, ever, ever do anything That gets in the way of winning. And that's the frustrating thing today.
5: At all costs. They want to win.
2: And by the way, Mike Tomlin wouldn't just have one scapegoat. He'd have six or seven of them bastards. It's just
5: so funny, too, man. Like, last night I I watched that Lions game, and I love Dan Campbell, and I love that team, and I think they're so fun to watch. That team found out 45 minutes prior to the game that they were eliminated from the postseason, and they played harder than I've seen the Browns play all year.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. It be- was because pic- you because the
5: other like it was person such a, a fun game to yep. watch because they just said we're just gonna kick your ass
2: and by the way they did it To keep now in the same point the difference is the lions knew all right we have to win to keep green bay out of the playoffs so cleveland if that wasn't their mentality they basically were just hoping that either the jets or the dolphins um i'm sorry that the uh the dolphins or what was the other game wasn't it the tennessee game that one of those teams wouldn't blow it that yeah. that pittsburgh needed both teams to to lose so but again, wow, well, we got some things to accomplish here. If it isn't winning, then what are you doing? And and so here, this is the way. I'm not sorry. I didn't mean to intentionally go all Mandalorian on you. <laughs> um, to me, they'll prove to me that this wasn't about scapegoating Joe Woods or scapegoating somebody for the second straight off season when they do one of two things. One, Kevin Stefanski tells us at 3:30 that he's not going to be the play caller next year which I think that would be a very smart decision. Or two, somebody either explains what Paul D- D- Podesta does or at some point after the draft this year, Paul D- Podesta is summarily let go. Those two things happen or one of those two things, all right, then it wasn't just about Joe Woods. Maybe you can delude me into thinking this wasn't just a scapegoat to save our to- save us and, a little and, bit and, more time.
5: And also, like, not to, to not talk about Andrew Barry here, but, like,
2: can we look at Angel Berry's draft picks? Yeah, there, there's some there's some picking apart to that. There's some picking apart to that. I, mean, I think the biggest thing with him... Keith sent me this
5: great tweet from last night from Mina Kimes looking at Brad Holmes' last two drafts with the Lions. Mm-hmm. Literally, they've got eight starters, quality starters, out of that last two draft class of, of basically rookies and second-year players.
2: Can I offer a devil's advocate take sure, on that? Sure, you can. They also had top five picks, uh, each. No, or sorry, top no, and, ten and, and picks listen, each of they, those and, years, and, and, they and did, multiple firsts.
5: And they and you're right. And they hit on on Aiden, Jamison Williams, you know, and they got Panay. I mean, they they've, they've hit on some some players, but there's also guys that they've gotten. I mean, like Amon, Ra, Amon Ross, Amon St. Brown mm-hmm. was a fourth round pick. Yeah. James Houston a six round
2: pick. James Houston's a six round I pick. Can ball too. He's kicking ass, uh, what was it, two weeks ago? 216 Are you okay if Joe Woods is the scapegoat? Let's go with uh, Tom. Tom, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Yeah,
4: guys, you guys are doing a great job of dissecting uh, how it works in the NFL corporate world, okay? The two guys that should have been let go are the two that are going to be on your program at 3.30. That start with them, and of course Woods could have gone with them, but those two guys should have gone.
2: Thanks for Number the cheap one, plug. They used they,
4: they use Joe Woods as their scapegoat, but they're 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 on the hook now for next year when they made the decision to keep Stefanski. And the reason they made that decision was because Barry's on the hook. What he now has to try and prove that Stefanski's a good head coach. Now there's one important thing that happened today in Deshaun Watson's uh, conference. They asked him the question about, is our offense going to look like this next year? And he said, absolutely not. And he's going to have a lot of input as to what his offense looks like. Blaming him yesterday for getting sacked seven times, and it could have been 10 to 15 times he could have been sacked. He was just trying too damn hard to win that game, and he had to work with what he had to work with. Our line, offensive line was terrible. Our defense, again, lost that game for us yesterday. Forget Tom? about what he did, please.
2: Tom, we got to run, buddy, but we appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. Um, I, I agree with a, a lot of what Tom had to say. I mean, granted, the interceptions by Deshaun were pretty awful. But, yeah. And he could
5: have thrown, like, two more.
2: Yeah, the but the same way, like, they had seven sacks. They could have had 15 sacks yesterday. They could have had 17 yeah, sacks yesterday. Yeah, I
5: mean, yesterday. there was – basically, Deshaun Watson was running for his life. Um, Also think that he could do a better job getting rid of the football at times.
2: Yeah, that's like, fair. He, he definitely, that's really fair.
5: definitely takes – too long to get rid of the rock, but um, yeah. I mean, seven sacks w- was a lot. That's a really good defensive uh, front and, and team, and, and we get that. But like, it was just not a great performance overall. It's not all on Deshaun, mm-hmm. and and I don't think you or I. I'm not certainly not trying to say it's all on Deshaun, but like that was that was a That was a rough performance.
2: I do wonder the farther we get away from Deshaun. Uh, sorry, the farther we get away from this season, whether we'll be kinder. Or harsher about Deshaun's performance?
5: Oh, it's going to be harsher.
2: Oh, okay. Well, show your work.
5: <laughs> there's not much to show. I mean, once he gets through a full off season and he knows he's the starting quarterback and goes into a year and has a, a pretty solid sample size, mm-hmm. there's not going to be any more excuses about, oh, this guy hasn't played in two years.
2: I meant more like how are we going to look back like how are we going to feel about Deshaun's six games uh in May? right after the draft? Like, how are we going to feel? Oh, I think, in, I think about the same. So, I I think that's interesting. I don't know. Because kind of like we talked about where, you know, we're all in this state of dismay and frustration. And, right. Uh, but I think once they if they hire a really good defensive coordinator, I do think a lot of people are going to go, oh, well, well I got that fixed. You know, that's well, the we beauty of the we, defensive th- coordinator. But that's the
5: thing with, with any team, Nick. And this goes into every offseason. It's not just about... Um, And I said this for years with Bull, like just because you draft a player or you hire a coach doesn't mean you fill a void. Maybe on paper you did, Mm -hmm. but until we see that actually uh, become executed on the field with the player stepping up with the coach, maybe
2: fixing the defense, like it doesn't mean jack squat. Speaking of Daryl Ryder. Uh, he's got a new story up on the uh, dynamic in the locker room of the Cleveland Browns. I will uh, I'll read one part of it, and you guys could read the rest on uh, the Odyssey app or 92.3TheFan.com. Quote: In recent weeks, a few players lamented they didn't have a closer relationship with Woods. Instead, it was cold and felt like an employer-employee dynamic instead of the family atmosphere they had hoped to build, and. Again, that's from Daryl Writer's post about the locker room dynamic in Berea that led to Joe Woods getting fired. I think that's, you know, we talked about the scapegoat idea. Yeah. I, think, I think my concern is Joe Woods was not the only, um, is not the only person I've heard in that building that has problems with with people skills and with managing relationships. So that to me, this is it. kind of all comes full circle here off the Daryl piece is... Yes, finding a defensive coordinator who builds the atmosphere you want and builds a good defense is is hugely popular. It's hugely important. But I think Kevin Stefanski has to own some of his leadership, um, lack of leadership or not maybe being persistent enough of a leader. And by the way, it doesn't even just stop on the coaching staff either.
5: I'm just telling you, like Stefanski to me, he needs to take a step back from what he's doing. And if he's going to be the head coach of this football team, he needs to be the head coach of this football team, mm-hmm. you know, and and I, I've i heard this from multiple people. I've talked to a lot of people around the organization, people that cover the team, um, people that are around that team. And, you know, this guy, he's really smart and he's, he's he's not a bad guy. Like he knows what he's doing, but like when he's trying to call the game, it takes away all of his focus from what actually matters. And that's building a football team.
2: Has the play sheet gotten bigger every week? It feels like it. It, it feels like um, anybody who's seen, I believe it was Scary Movie 3 with Charlie Sheen and... Uh, oh, I forget the other idiot. But where the, the lady's getting into the hat, the cop is getting in the hat, and her hat keeps getting bigger and bigger. And by yeah. when she gets into the car, she can't get into the car because the hat's too big. That's what the play sheet feels like. Like, I just...
5: I just don't ever see him, and this could be unfair because we're watching on television. But like, I don't see him on the sidelines interacting with the players. I see him staring at the play sheet and trying to just somehow scheme up a way to win. When sometimes all you got to do is motivate your guys. Well, uh, maybe that's something we can ask and, Nathan to and cultivate Zegura. and develop relationships.
2: That's something I think we can ask Nathan coming up in about fifteen minutes here. But the question for you guys is: Are you comfortable if Joe Woods is the scapegoat? And uh, Dominic, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us?
6: Yeah, hi, guys. Uh, yeah, firing Joe Woods was like like spitting in the ocean. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry I haven't called very much. You know, uh, Dustin, you know I used to call all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, the season was over after the Jets game. Uh, you know, you guys have said some things that you know, I could comment on any of them. Dustin, you said you're anxious to hear the press conference. I don't even want to listen to the press conference because I've already heard it a dozen times and I don't want to hear it again. You know, to, to, to tell you the truth, you, you just said you'd like to see him take a step backwards. He's probably going to try to take a step forward, this guy. Okay? <clears throat> I made some notes, uh, Dustin. One of the, my, my notes is he's a good guy, he's a smart guy. I put he's a player's coach. I don't want a player's coach anymore. Maybe that's falling on deaf ears, Dust, 'cause because you used to play. And I'm not eliminating you here, Nick. I'm just saying, you know, Dustin used to play. No, you're good, man. I don't want a player's coach. You talk about motivating. Maybe motivating he kick somebody in the ass. I'm <laughs> sick of all of this uh, uh, stuff going on uh, uh, as far as that. The calling plays, forget about it. The disaster, a disaster calling plays. And then you talk about Schwartz. You know, just keep rotating these guys around. You know, listen, next season is going to be my 70th season as a Browns fan, and I'm staying a Browns fan. But you know something? Right now, I'm not looking forward to it. Since he has taken off, Baltimore is Baltimore. Uh, Nick, you mentioned it. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh, Day Played with us yesterday, Nick. They played with us yesterday. They could have scored fifty points against us yesterday. I'm sorry, guys. I know it's all negative, but you know I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Please, Dominic. You
2: know, Dominic, we appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, fire buddy. The, fire the head coach. All right, Dominic. Thank okay, you for the D. call there. Um, yeah, I mean, I I just think, I think anybody trying to sell you sunshine and rainbows today, um, I I I that they there seems to be an agenda there is what I would say. Now to Dominic's point, I understand anybody who says, well, at three thirty when Nick and Dustin play the Kevin Stefanski Andrew Berry press conference, I understand if you're just, ah, you know what, we've heard it before. I totally get it, but I think. In that there is an air of optimism. Are Andrew Barr and Kevin Stefanski going to take true accountability for what happened this year? Yeah, I mean, is there something that they
5: could say, Nick, that can make us all feel better and feel like they've got it under control?
2: I mean that that whole thing about Kevin Stefanski saying, "I've thought about it. I've thought about it a lot late season, and I'm going to be passing off play calling to Alex Van Pelt and Drew Petzing." That go away. That that wouldn't that wouldn't that make you? I'm not gonna say better. I know. I would, it, I, I would. Would it at least make you feel better about next year, right? Uh, yeah, I think I'd feel better because I know that there's going to be some change. I also think hearing that Kevin Stefanski's the guy that's going to be hiring the defensive coordinator versus the collaboration. I think that'd make me like. If I don't care if they're collaborating on who he who he interviews, but like. I don't, I, I don't want, want Paul D. Podesta or yeah, Andrew Berry naming I, I the defensive coordinator. I don't want any of
5: these guys to have a say. I mean, maybe he's, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, I want Stefanski to be like, okay, that's my guy. I know him. I want to coach with him. I think he can help me and our team
2: get to the next level. Uh, Jake Trotter, by the way, uh, just tweeting out just moments ago that uh, Ajiro Evero, the defensive coordinator of the Broncos, obviously they fired Nathaniel Hackett. He could be a candidate. The Browns. So basically, everybody's a candidate. If you have
5: coordinated and, and defense, and also I will say this: like, is this a job you want?
2: I think that's. I think that really scares me. Like, I, I, I the fact love that they've the already got stuff. like
5: seven guys on the list, and I don't know, I don't know that any of those guys would look at this job as, hey, hey, that's the stepping stone for my career, when it
2: could be a one and done. Well, and why it's important is it's not just do you want to coordinate the browns defense it is do you want to coordinate that over any of the potential openings because while there might only be i think at the time right now there's four coaching staff openings well other teams are going to fire their defensive coordinators too including maybe one or two that have a spot in the playoffs like if miami's one and done in the playoffs don't be surprised if josh boyer gets fired either right josh real quick buddy what you got for us hello josh hello josh
0: Hey, how are you guys today? Thanks for taking my Great. call. Hey, I, I totally agree with you in regards to uh, uh, what's going on with the coaching uh, capacity. However, let's take a look at the people behind the scenes who are the players. I played football in college, and I played football with my teammates that showed heart. They showed uh, motivation. And they showed spirit. And we never did any criticizing of our coach. We have Clowney at $10 million who doesn't want to play. You have Deshaun Watson criticizing the coaching staff for his play out of the shotgun. If you take a look at the actual uh, percentages, who plays the game, the players or the coaches? Are the coaches responsible for 50% of what goes on in the field? And are the players responsible for the other 50%? Or does it turn around with the concept, I made $10 million this year?
2: Real quick, Josh, because we got to run, buddy. Um, yes, the players do play. But when guys have issues calling other people out, uh, it's on the coaching to stop it. And they had a bunch of that and they didn't stop it.